0: Hey everybody, it's in the Charlie Kirk Show. Big news out of Georgia. The Fannie Willis case is collapsing and falling apart. What is Nikki Haley's path to victory? Well, she gets an endorsement that should tell you the entire story. Email us as always, freedom at charliekirk.com and subscribe to our podcast. Uh, Get involved at Turning Point USA at tpusa.com. That is tpusa.com. Sorry, high school or college chapter today. At tpusa.com. Buckle up, everybody. Here we go. Charlie, what you've done is incredible here. Maybe Charlie Kirk is on the
1: college campus. I
0: want you to know we are lucky to have Charlie Kirk.
1: Charlie Kirk's running the White House, folks.
0: A company that specializes in gold IRAs and physical delivery of precious metals. Learn how you could protect your wealth with Noble Gold Investments at NobleGoldInvestments.com. That is NobleGoldInvestments.com. It's where I buy all of my gold. Go to NobleGoldInvestments.com. There is a lot going on right now. It's just a very, very busy morning. We'll be able to share more. There's some good things happening behind the scenes, some really, really good stuff. But let's talk about Georgia. Georgia was supposed to be the big one. Georgia was supposed to be the big one. Of all the indictments that Donald Trump has been battling, Georgia had a different wrinkle. Number one, it was one, as Rachel Maddow would remind us time and time again, Donald Trump could not pardon himself because it was a state crime, not a federal crime. It also involved RICO. It was going to be right before the election. And you have this wild woman, Fannie Willis, down in Fulton County, who seems to just be an unguided missile for the Democrat Party. Now, as the great Rush Limbaugh taught us, you could tell a lot based on how things are going of whether or not the heroes the media builds, whether or not they still treat them as heroes. Have you noticed as I read The New York Times every morning so you don't have to, they haven't been doing big puff pieces on Big Fanny Willis recently. Have you noticed that where's the where's the big defense of big fanny? Where is it? I don't see it no in fact they're ignoring it. Fannie Willis is kind of put off to the side. It's not a priority because the smart Democrats and the smart oligarchs they realize. Fulton County is not going in a favorable direction. So this is one of the clear and present lawfare dangers. One of the things I want to remind you is that Donald Trump has pretty much ended the Republican primary. The latest poll shows that Donald Trump is enjoying a nearly 50-point lead on Nikki Haley. That's right, a 50-point lead. Now, we're going to get to this later in the hour, how Nikki Haley has now just been endorsed by Liz Cheney, how Nikki Haley serves the purpose of the Democrat regime to try to weaken center-right Republican support and to introduce different narratives to try to make it harder for Donald Trump to win in November. We're going to hit that. But let me reiterate something. Georgia was supposed to be the most damaging immediate legal threat to Donald Trump. Now, one of the co-defendants, Michael Roman, has been focusing on the Sky, Nathan Wade, and we covered this extensively. We're going to be, we're going to learn a lot in the coming days and weeks. We're going to learn a lot because there's this alleged romantic relationship that Fannie Willis had or has currently with Nathan Wade, a special prosecutor who is not by any objective measurement qualified to be a special prosecutor. She hired him to work on the case. Now, we discovered that Wade had been paid over $600,000 for his efforts, far more than any other special attorney on the case, even though he is the least qualified. They found him billing for 24 hour days and for undescribed, strange, and mysterious meetings with personnel from the Biden White House counsel's office. And we're not going to forget that because I really believe my gut instinct is that Nathan Wade leads us to Biden knowing Biden orchestrating Biden designing the lawfare operation against Donald Trump. So what's new in the last couple of days? Well, a lot. For starters, Nathan Wade's ex-wife, Joycelyn Wade, who he filed for divorce from literally one day after joining Fannie's team, has come forward with receipts and credit card statements indicating that Nathan bought airplane tickets to Miami and California on behalf of Fannie Willis. According to the complaint, they went on multiple lavish vacations together. The Daily Caller reported yesterday, meanwhile, that Fannie Willis failed to disclose these plane tickets from Wade on her annual financial disclosure reports. Richard Painter, former White House ethics lawyer under George W. Bush administration, said the caller, this is definitely an ethics violation and potentially illegal. Fountain Fulton County Commissioner Bob Ellis has demanded documents from Fannie Willis to investigate whether funds paid to Wade were misused for personal gain. This morning, Georgia Republicans in the legislature introduced a bill to impeach Fannie Willis. Now, don't get too excited. Even if they do, it takes two-thirds of the Georgia Senate to convict, and the Republicans don't have the votes unless at least five Democrats join them. Still, they have a Senate majority, and Georgia's Senate is considering an entire special investigation of Fannie Willis, which the focus of that investigation should also involve what did the Biden White House know? What did the White House counsel office know? Why was that in an invoice that said public corruption investigation and referencing the White House counsel's office? Fannie has said she will respond in a court filing of her own by February 2nd, a week from today, and there will be a court hearing regarding this filing on February 15th. Now, this person, Anush Kadori, a former federal prosecutor, just wrote a big piece for political.com quote, a reality check on the Fannie Willis scandal. This piece is seriously critical of Miss Fanny's behavior. Now, let me say this. This is now the third or fourth piece written by Democrat or center-left Democrats that are saying this Fanny Willis thing is a disaster. We saw one in the Daily Beast. We saw that by that Ellie race hustler on MSNBC with the hair. When a criminal defendant lodge is a serious allegation of impropriety against a prosecutor the best approach is for the government to address it quickly and directly even if the allegation is irrelevant overblown or otherwise willis has almost certainly done the exact opposite that has had the wholly foreseeable effect of making it look like she had something very serious to hide in fact her recent speech in a church was evasive on pretty much every material factual question do we have that That church speech is incredible. Even Norm Eisen, who is one of the most radical left-wing activists in the legal community, says at a minimum, Nathan Wade has to recuse himself. He's advocating that, of course, because Wade is expendable without derailing the case and Fannie isn't. Now, a lot of people, not just in the conservative world, can sense that things are falling apart for Fannie very, very fast. She could very easily be disqualified from this case or at a minimum be forced to recuse her whole office. That could easily completely blow up the case. But if it doesn't, it almost certainly delay proceedings for months past the November election. You are now entering the new primary. There are three prime. There's two primaries and one general election that Donald Trump needs to win this year. The Republican primary, the lawfare primary and the general election. You are now in the lawfare primary. Now, Alvin Braggs is popping up soon in New York. According to Alan Dershowitz and any legal advisor, you know spectator, the the New York one is not nearly as serious as Georgia. It's a joke. The penalty will most certainly not result in prison time, even if it's not dismissed. So, but Georgia was the one that had people understandably worried. It's not pardonable. It has mandatory prison time. You have all these co-defendants that she's doing this RICO operation that are trying to save their own tail. People that are signing agreements that very well might not be rooted in truth, but for self-preservation, the Georgia one was building as the most serious. So, So for example, if Jack Smith were to get a court date before the election, which looks less and less likely, potentially Donald Trump could pardon himself. So there was a way out. There was always just kind of a way that he could navigate it. Plus, federal court is a long, exhaustive process, uh, not to mention the um, the federal court system has a much better ap- appellate system than what they have in F- Fulton County. So there's all these things that we were thinking about when it comes to the federal system that isn't as simple, that, that isn't as serious. The Georgia case is collapsing. Donald Trump has just achieved a major win in the lawfare primary. It is imploding in real time. And we're going to play this piece of news of Fannie Willis, who broke her scandal on the scandalous affair and improper use of taxpayer funds on MLK Day. Did Fannie Willis defend her behavior? Did she say that Nathan Wade was the most qualified person ever? No. She said, you are a racist if you dare attack Fannie Willis. You are a racist if you criticize her alleged unethical and probably criminal behavior. You all know that I love Magnesium Breakthrough, and it's been a life changer for my sleep as well as relaxation. For those of you that have never tried it, it is your chance, so listen up. This month only, get a free bottle of best-selling full-spectrum supplement that contains all seven forms of magnesium your body craves in exactly the right balance. Bioptimizers, the makers of Magnesium Breakthrough, are offering a 14-day sleep challenge. My listeners, they're offering right now a 14-day supply. All you have to do is pay a nominal shipping fee. Really? That's it. No other strings attached, no other purchase required. Their challenge is simple. Try Magnesium Breakthrough for 14 days and see all the positive changes I just mentioned. If your sleep and energy are not absolutely rocking by the end of the 14 days, you've lost nothing. But if they are, your life is back on track. So get your free bottle. Just go to buyoptimizers.com slash Kirk. Use coupon code Kirk10, and that's it. Listen, they wouldn't be letting me give these bottles away to you if they weren't 100% confident in how effective it is. Again, they're on the short list of supplements that I really appreciate. To get your free 14-day supply, start the challenge. Go to optimizers.com slash Kirk and use coupon code Kirk10. Do not miss the opportunity. It's a limited-time offer this month only, so check it out right now. optimizers.com slash Kirk. This is why we push back against the use of the race card, that if you allow the race card to be used, then what is the what is the extent of it? Let's play a piece of tape here. Let's play cut 182.
1: You cannot expect black women to be perfect and save the world. The Lord is completing us. We are not perfect. We need your prayers. We need to be allowed to stumble. We need grace. With that kind of support, we will move mountains and do Jesus' will. stumbling all the way.
0: The race card. The situation unfolding in Georgia is serious. And it's imploding in real time. Let's get to another piece of tape here. Let's play cut
1: 181. I'm a little confused. I appointed three special counsel, as is my right to do. Paid them all the same hourly rate. I hired one white woman, a good personal friend and great lawyer. I hired one white man, brilliant, my friend and a great lawyer. And I hired one black man, another superstar, a great friend and a great lawyer. Oh, Lord, they're going to be mad when I call them out on this nonsense.
0: So first of all, fact check, false. Fannie Willis got caught, ran to a church, and lied from the pulpit. Fannie allegedly paid her unqualified secret boyfriend, who has never tried a felony case $250 per hour. That's $100 more per hour than Fannie paid one of her actually qualified special prosecutors. Fannie then allegedly... Paid her secret boyfriend nearly $700,000 in Fulton County and federal COVID funds. And I just want to point out how weird this is. You're getting a statement in a church, it looks like she has something to hide. Politico says the technical legal phrase for the situation is a mess, and Willis' handling of it is making it much, much worse. Democrats in the legal community are starting to turn against Fannie Willis. This was supposed to be the big one. They were hyping her up as the savior. She was supposed to save the 2024 election. And we should just pause for a moment and appreciate how funny this is, that the prosecutor who's supposed to be in charge is actually the one that ends up backfiring in real time. My favorite article, though, is thenation.com. The Fannie Willis scandal is bad, but it doesn't change her case against Trump. While the allegations that Willis had a romantic relationship with prosecutor Nathan Willis, Nathan Wade, are serious, they don't affect the merits of the charges against the former president. Quote, I can't really defend Fulton County District Attorney Fannie Willis. I want to because her prosecution of Donald Trump cronies involved in the conspiracy to overturn the election in Georgia is critical. I want to because the Republican push to turn her personal missteps into a reason to dismiss her case is both wrong and infuriating. I want to because like Issa Rae, I'm rooting for everybody black, but I can't or won't defend her from the salacious allegations leveled against her because if true, they represent a textbook case of public corruption, even if they shouldn't affect the case against Trump. Continues by saying, the story begins with Willis hiring of a lawyer named Nathan Wade as one of the special prosecutors in the Trump election case. According to Michael Roman, one of the 19 people Willis is prosecuting. Willis and Wade are romantically involved. Wade was, of course, paid for by, paid for his work on the case. And Roman alleges that Wade spent some of the money on Willis in the form of vacations and dinners and whatever else, couples who don't have children together do with massive amounts of time. Willis denies that there was any impropriety, but has assiduously avoided denying the underlying charge. Now, mind you, this is one of the most radical people. You've probably seen him on MSNBC, a hyper partisan individual. Continues by saying at the end of his piece, all that's left for now is the very long fall. Let's hope she doesn't drag the case with her on the way down. Well, when you start to build up something this big, when you start to build up something this massive, then don't be surprised when it starts collapsing. Don't be surprised when it starts falling apart. Traditional media is crumbling. Why? Because they're hiding something, something big. People are realizing they're being lied to left and right, even by institutions they thought they could trust. But you, you've known the truth all along. You also know that the time to prepare for what's coming is right now. Get started by going to MyPatriotSupply.com. There you'll save $200 on an essential three-month emergency food kit from My Patriot Supply. Over the years, My Patriot Supply has helped millions of American families prepare for emergencies, and yours should be next. Sealed inside ultra-durable packaging, their delicious meals last up to 25 years in storage and provide over 2,000 calories daily. Eat right when things go wrong with these three month emergency food kits from My Patriot Supply. With $200 in savings, you can get enough for each family member. They deserve your protection. Go to MyPatriotsupply.com. Order by 3 p.m. for free day shipping. That is free same day shipping. Go to MyPatriotsupply.com. All right, I want to talk about Nikki Haley. We have our Restoring National Confidence event coming up on Monday. It's going to be positive, it's going to be about building a better RNC. You know, some people say, oh, my goodness, are you trying to destroy the RNC? To the opposite. We need a strong RNC. We need a strong opposition party. The country is with us with a public attitude, with public sentiment. We are here to make the RNC the best version of themselves. And they have gone largely unchallenged through my 11 years of doing this. We want to embolden them. We want to have them get that winning attitude. We want the RNC to represent the voters with the technology, the sophistication the effort, the grit, the hustle, that winning is the only option. Now, one of the things that is occurring, and the RNC kind of played around with this yesterday, they Tyler Boyer submitted a resolution to make Donald Trump the presumptive nominee, is why is Nikki Haley still running? Why are we putting up with this is a better question. The media loves this. They want to just keep this alive, that Donald Trump has to spend necessary time going to more of these states that are not going to be critical into November. And don't get me wrong, I love the state of South Carolina. And if it means that we get to end the political career of Nikki Haley by a double-digit margin, then terrific. But that time is much better spent for Donald Trump campaigning in Georgia, Donald Trump campaigning in Wisconsin. Is Nikki Haley keeping her brand alive to be the new label's candidate? What is what does success look like for Nikki Haley? What does success look like? Does she actually think she's going to be the nominee? No. Now, one of her biggest fans is Liz Cheney. That tells you everything you need to know. Nikki Haley and Liz Cheney are one and the same. Now, if you're in the Nikki Haley camp, they probably said, oh, boy, why did Liz Cheney say the quiet part out loud? They're probably freaking out. Because they're trying to do everything they can to make themselves seem more conservative, to try to, you know, navigate the primary. But now Liz Cheney says that Nikki Haley should stay in the race through Super Tuesday. Play cut 173. What do you make of Nikki Haley's decision to stay in the race? And uh, and do you see a path for her?
1: Yeah, look, I mean, I,
0: I, I hope she stays in the race, um, you know, as long as, as she has to. Um, I think certainly, you know, through Super Tuesday. Um, I think that, uh, we're in a situation where only two states have voted. Um, and, and
1: even more important than that is where you began, which is, um, the threat that he poses. What we watched him do in the lead up to January 6th, uh, his attempt to seize
0: power, uh, presents an existential threat. And so we need to make sure that we're, we're challenging him and working to defeat him at every step of the way. Uh, and and right now, Nikki Haley is, is in this fight, and, and I think she ought to stay in it. Liz Cheney got primaried as a sitting congresswoman in Wyoming and lost historically. And she is now the one that is saying that Nikki Haley needs to remain in the race. Liz Cheney is the one who said she will do everything in her power to defeat Carrie Lake. Turns out that Liz Cheney had a lot of power to deploy. Do not underestimate this, everybody. That's my one lesson here, is that it's easy to dismiss Liz Cheney as being without power or on the fringe. But did we not learn our lesson in the 2020 midterms when Liz Cheney was at this Texas-Austin statesman? Uh, They do some sort of uh, symposium. I remember it was in Austin, Texas. And Liz Cheney said, I'm going to dedicate my full-time work to making sure that Carrie Lake does not become governor of Arizona. It was super bizarre, wasn't it? You remember that clip? Liz Cheney, a former congresswoman from Wyoming who's doing a panel in Texas is super concerned about who the governor of Arizona is going to be was because in Arizona, Cheney and McCain and Romney, they have reigned supreme over Arizona and taken advantage of the very conservative voters of the state as the state has now become far less conservative. So Liz Cheney was obviously very invested because Carrie Lake would have secured the border. Carrie Lake would have mobilized the National Guard day one. Carrie Lake would have declared it an invasion. She would have been way ahead of what Greg Abbott is now doing. Carrie Lake would have done that in the first couple days. And they they cannot have that. Kerry Lake would have forced the issue. And so it's easy to underestimate this, but what Liz Cheney did, again, there were so many shenanigans around the Kerry Lake race, but one of the reasons why it was even competitive, and I remember I started to see these billboards pop up in Phoenix, and I will fully acknowledge, I thought they'd be ineffective. It turns out they were somewhat effective, which was Republicans against Kerry Lake. Liz Cheney being an ambassador to the Uniparty, they were running all these ads. And I was like, oh, that's such a stupid ad. I don't think it's going to work. And it ended up splintering 5% of center-right Republican voters who thought Kerry Lake was too extreme. So don't underestimate the lethality that Liz Cheney can present towards a unified party. She might be the uniparty, but she does not want a unified Republican party. Let's go to cut 178. Joe Scarborough, play cut 178. No option. There is no reason for her to get out of this race, whether she takes him head on in South Carolina but and very competitive out. or whether she fights a war of attrition. But again, he's scared. Like everybody take note in the Republican Party. Donald Trump is scared to debate Nikki Haley. And in Magaland, let me put it to you this way. You're, you're a big boy. You big man, he's afraid of a woman. Joe, I think you're afraid of Mika. To be honest, I think we all would, waking up with that terror every day. The essence of this is now that we enter the lawfare primary, Nikki Haley is doing everything she possibly can to erode and deteriorate and diminish support on the margins. Pollsters are showing that Donald Trump In some states, like Pennsylvania, and this is to be expected, so it's not a cause for alarm yet. It's not alarm. But Donald Trump in Pennsylvania is enjoying 77% of registered Republican support. Now, that's somewhat normal. Donald Trump's numbers amongst registered Republicans were even lower back in 2016. So there is a kind of come-home effect eventually. But don't underestimate if Nimirata and Nikki Haley, Nimirata Nikki Haley, runs as third party candidate, no labels. What if all of a sudden there is a revolt of the suburban voters? And we need some of them. We don't need all of them. We need some of them. You have to take this Liz Cheney thing very seriously for no other reason than Liz Cheney and Nikki Haley. They have access to the capital flows, to the cheap Wall Street money. They could raise $250 million at an instant. You might say, oh, what's the big difference? Trump has spent a lot of money. I saw it with the Kerry Lake thing. Uh, again, they, they they did such ridiculous shenanigans and nonsense and sabotage against Kerry Lake. But I underestimated it. I completely and totally underestimated it. And whether we like it or not, there are people that are swayed by saying, I want the more sensible, reasonable candidate. And their goal is to try to make Donald Trump seem unreasonable. The sooner we can end this primary, the better. Let me read this uh, email we got here from one of our great listeners. You guys are the best. John. Charlie, I live near Myrtle Beach and the media is so far up the tail of Nikki Haley, she's drawing decent sized crowds. This weekend she goes to local colleges, which I'm sure you're aware of, and her attendees are mostly younger women. So she's going all in on South Carolina. Now, here's the way we have to frame first of all. It's a month out, so she gets a whole another month of political relevancy, which is just nauseating that we have to deal with this garbage. And just let's just be very let's not take the bait. Let's not take the bait. Excuse me. We have Nevada. Okay. The great people in Nevada, are we supposed to act like they don't exist? I mean, how insulting. If I was a voter that got in contact with Nikki Haley, and I had, like, I mean, Pro- producer Andrews from Nevada, he's a proud Nevada. And I have faith and hope that Nevada can become a red state once again. It's not nearly as blue as people think. It is not near, it is not Colorado. It is not. In fact, it's showing signs of life. It's actually becoming more conservative, not more liberal in recent elections. Let me say that again. Nevada is becoming more conservative, not more liberal in general election. Why are we putting up with this? Nikki Haley just gets to pick and choose what states she participates in just for a media narrative. And I'll be honest, if South Carolina wasn't her home state, she would just avoid South Carolina. She'd say, yeah, you know, um, up next is the May 5th, Montana primary. Like what? Excuse me. You have to go through Nevada. You have to go through Nevada. And Donald Trump's going to win Nevada. Of course it's over. The point is that she's just skipping it. And I think that's insulting. It's insulting to the great people in Nevada. She gets to pick and choose what state. So the way we have to frame it is this. South Carolina is the end of the ballgame. There has to be such an overwhelming chorus of demands that if this thing goes on beyond South Carolina, this is her home turf. And by the way, Nikki Haley, you're, you think very highly of yourself. We've been putting up with your BS for a couple weeks and months now. You think you're the greatest. You think you're like the heir. It's like Hillary Clinton. She, her whole life, Nikki Haley has dreamed of becoming president. I don't think that's ever going to happen. Nikki Haley, your entire political career, you will not be able to have a presence on another stage politically in the conservative movement without being booed. I just hope she knows that. She's starting to lose big donors. We just had an amazing call with over 200 of our donors yesterday at Turning Point, and they are so ticked at Nikki Haley. She is losing support, institutional support. The grassroots already can't stand her. It's time to end her political career once and for all. It's all about the infrastructure. It's about ballot chasing, election integrity, election security. These are things the RNC needs to be doing. We have to stop looking at the polls. People say, oh, Donald Trump's up six points. Donald Trump's up five points. Enough. Do we have the plumbing of the elections, the infrastructure the machinery to compete going into November? We have a great candidate. We have a one man turnout machine. There will be more attention on this race than any other election in American history. This is a civilization. This is a civilizational survival election. We have an opportunity to consolidate all these different tribes together. Nikki Haley is standing in the way of it. Now, what is the positive out of this? What is the seed of the equivalent benefit? What is the potential good wrinkle here, the positive wrinkle, is that we can end Nikki Haleyism once and for all, that we can end this whole Bush-era Republicanism, and I want to, I want to highlight a really great piece, very very good piece, and I agree with it, and I've been saying this. In fact, if you listen carefully to the Charlie Kirk Show podcast and you listen to Thought Crime, we've been saying. This Trump campaign has been incredibly disciplined that the people around Trump, they've done a wonderful job. They did a great job in Iowa, a great job in New Hampshire. And there's an Axios piece that is really powerful behind the curtain. Trump's exponential power surge, something shocking and telling has unfolded beyond Donald Trump's onstage, online and courtroom theatrics. He's running a professional, well-managed and disciplined presidential campaign. His 2024 operation is more sophisticated, dare we say more traditional than the slap dash improvisation of his White House and two previous runs. I want to brag on this. Susie Wiles is doing a great job running the campaign. And I'm a tough grader. She has done a great job. 10 out of 10. Chris Lasavita, great job. Steve Chung, great job. Now think about it. It hasn't been a boring campaign in the sense of they didn't let Trump be Trump. They went to East Palestine. They deployed him to McDonald's and Burger Kings. How many times has Trump went to UFC and gone viral? He's done all these different podcasts, Nelk Boys, all these different kind of one-off. When there's more risk and there's more openness, they let Trump be Trump in that way. But also to Susie Wiles and Chris Lasavita's credit, they didn't take the bait and do this stupid debate. They didn't do. You know how much pressure they were under to have Donald Trump on a debate stage with these clowns, except Vivek, the clown show, and they resisted that temptation. They resisted the temptation. They were under huge pressure. Every person that ever knew Susie Wiles and Chris Lasaviti was calling them, you got to do the debate. You got to get Trump to do the debate. Remember Fox News came and did this whole dinner at Bedminster and Trump resisted from the mugshot. The way that they flipped the indictments to the positive, I think this is an underappreciated story and we've been covering it. The Iowa operation was a spectacular display in grassroots organizing. In fact, it highlights this here in the piece. It says in Iowa... The campaign sent Iowa GOP suggestions for caucus locations, installed heavy hitter surrogates across the state to speak on Trump's behalf. Precinct captains in gold embroidered hats with the suggested three minute speech in hand were at every single precinct. The once mighty Reagan-Bush GOP establishment committed to a muscular foreign policy. That's a way to say it. Unfettered free trade has given way to a Trump republicanism that's skeptical of large companies and institutions, hawkish on trade and modest in foreign policy. It says here, maybe the biggest shocker is Trump took indictments on 91 felonies in four criminal cases. He says, I've been indicted more than Al Capone, Trump said to a crowd in his final New Hampshire rally. I love this. There is a really, really amazing line here in the Axios piece, which is that if this is how he's running his campaign, he could change America permanently if he runs the government this way. His advisors see this as a template for governing if he were to win. And by the way, this is freaking out the left. It's the exact opposite of what they thought. They thought they had Donald Trump psychologically mapped. The Democrats are too cute by half. They said if we indict him, put him in a corner, and put a nasty primary, he's going to be undisciplined, he's going to be unhinged, his whole campaign is going to collapse, we're going to indict everybody around him. It's been the exact opposite. There's been a consolidation effect. In fact, Donald Trump has used the post-January 6th nonsense, him getting blamed for January 6th. It's almost focused him even more. It's because the stakes are higher. It's as if Donald Trump is playing at a much higher game because the stakes are actually higher. They're going to try to throw him in federal prison if he doesn't win. And his team is operating with that urgency, that specificity. It's not like a ball game. It's not like the champagne is flowing. The message discipline, the grassroots discipline is excellent. Trump campaign is is a force to be reckoned with more so than anything many people would have expected. Thanks so much for listening, everybody. Email us as always, freedom. At charliekirk.com. Thanks so much for listening. God bless.
1: For more on many of these stories and news you can trust, go to charliekirk.com.